0: Listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit HarvestBibleOnline.org. Well, I thank you all. Yeah, I know that uh, Hallelujah. Brother Brian Hick did an excellent job last Wednesday night. I got to listen to it and 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 watch it there. He did a great job, just a blessing. So I was praising God for that. Uh, and uh thanking the Lord, you know, when you're at a place that's two hours. Uh, later, you can you can do a lot of things. But now it was good and a blessing. And I liked what he said about we got to, you know, expand in our expectations and our visions and desires. And, uh, you know, expectancy is probably one of the most motivating things. That what you expect, you get. You know, I've got a little saying, you know, our expectation is God's invitation into our life. So it's whatever we expect or whatever we're expecting, you know. And then, of course, Bible hope is expecting with pleasure, which simply means we are believing we're expecting something with an excitement. Amen. 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 Now, I don't know about you, but I have an excitement for this year. I'm excited about what God is doing, what he's going to continue to do, uh, because I know what persecution can do. That just goes over real big. Everybody gets a little nervous about that. Nobody wants to be persecuted. But you know, when something costs you, you value it. Amen, you value it. And uh, so if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to share some things. And uh, my title tonight's a little interesting title, but it's called Enough is Enough, Okay, and uh, and then there's a little subtitle under, un, underneath it that says, or is it? So uh, we're going to talk about some things, and we're going to talk about dreams, and we're going to talk about visions. We're going to talk about uh, desires. We're going to talk about looking forward to what's ahead, because what's ahead is heaven. What's ahead is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. What's ahead is the rapture of the church. What is ahead is that the church is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter, Amen. That's what's ahead. That's what the head is ahead of us. Not fear. Not you know uh, lack. Not you know oh it's going to be so different. Yes, but it's going to be so different because of the hand of God. Yes, life is going to be different. The world's going to be different. But glory to God. The church is going to get brighter and brighter, and the power and the presence of God upon us. We're operating in the kingdom of heaven. It's a different kingdom. And if we'll start operating in that kingdom, we'll live in that kingdom in this life. Because we're in the world, but we're not of it. So we don't have to let any of the laws of the world don't have to govern us. Amen? And when I say that, it doesn't have to, you know, because I've seen this and we've heard this and seen this, you know, where what God is. And God God can just alter the laws of nature. You know, he can do amazing things. He can make iron float. He can make seas You know, part, he can multiply a little boy's lunch and feed 5,000 men plus women and children, okay? Hallelujah. God can do all kinds of things. He's not limited to what this earth has to offer. Glory to God. God's got more than enough for all of us. Amen? Amen. And, uh, you know, one of the things about it, when you start dreaming dreams or, or having visions or desiring things from God, and a lot of times we, we've all dreamed the dreams and we've all had desires that we want to see what God does, but then all of a sudden we got shut down of thinking, okay, everything's going to be changed. Look at this. We can't do anything. Amen. And we're thinking, well, it's probably never going to be because you hear, if you watch the news, man, you can get so depressed watching the news. You can't because they have no hope. Why are we listening to people who have no hope? Why are we listening to anybody that doesn't have the spirit of God in them? Come on, folks. Glory to God. Let's listen to the spirit of God. Let's listen to what God is saying. Hallelujah. You do realize that Jesus walked on the earth for three and a half years and the whole church when he started the church and everything else, he lived in the midst of a Roman domination and the Roman empire and they were under, they were all slaves to the Roman empire. And that didn't stop him from going everywhere and doing everything. Amen? Even the early church. But you know what's so wonderful? Even when the Roman Empire crumbled, guess what was still there? The church. They tried to kill the church. They tried to destroy the church. They burned Christians at the stake. They burned Christians. They made them human light poles for the Roman Emperor's gardens. I mean, you see, and he couldn't stop the church. There's nothing going to stop this mighty moving force. Hallelujah. Nothing can. I mean, you can't stop it. It's like, remember, when they brought Peter and John, hallelujah, and they brought them in front of the Sanhedrin and all the high court there, and they said, and they were talking about what are they going to do with these guys? A notable miracle. What are we going to do? And the one guy gets up and says, hey, be careful what you do with these guys, because if this is God, you don't want to be fighting against God. You're in trouble. He said, if it's not God, it's going to fizzle out. So just let them go. Let them do. Let them do it. You know, and it was God. Why? Because it didn't fizzle out. That's why we're all here today. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Here in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23, uh, we, you know, we, we know this scripture and we've shared on it because, but it's so important to grab a hold of it and that to look at it. He said this in the King James, it says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful. that promised. In the New Living, it says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirmed for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Amen. Let us hold fast, hallelujah, to the profession of our faith, to the confession of our faith. Why? Because he is faithful that promised. Amen. Which all of the promises of God are for us. See, dreams are wonderful, but dreams seem impossible. Amen. But aren't you, aren't you glad that we serve a God of the impossible? You know, when you step out and say, we're going to do this, and you say, I don't know how I'm going to do it. God said to do it. Let's just do it. Let's just step out. You know, the wonderful thing about God is he never asks you to do anything you can do. He always asks you to do the impossible because he wants to be involved with you. Thank you for your overwhelming response. See, we all get nervous because we think God's going to expect more from us than we can give. And guess what? No, he doesn't. Glory to God because he's got a more faith in us than we have in ourselves. Amen. I mean, God's got more, you know, uh, in us and he wants us to hang on hold tightly, you know, without wavering. You know, that word hold fast means that we're going to hang on to something and we love it so much that we're going to make sure that we get it. Once we get it, we're going to, we're going to keep hanging on until it comes to pass. Amen. And one thing I realize is, is that when we, when we look to, to the future, we're like, well, I don't, yeah, but what's going to be open? Hey, doesn't matter. Dream again. We've got to be the ones that open things up. Amen. That we go places where we're not afraid, where we're not, uh, you know, that we're just stepping out and allowing God to be God, and we're the one that's got to bring back normalcy or bring back a, a supernaturalness to, the, to what's going on in the whole earth. We've got to do that. We've got to take hold of this. See, usually what happens is, is that if you're not reaching out, because see, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So if you're not hoping, if you're not expecting, if you're not reaching, if you're not having visions or dreams, and when I say that vision, not having, you know, spiritual vision, I'm talking about, what do you see? You know, every year I usually teach a sermon on write the vision and write out. And I went back recently and just looked over those things. they kind of looking at what it was. And, you know, I noticed that I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't step out as naturally. I stepped out huge spiritually. I mean, you know, that's easy. Because that is mostly on God and you and God. It's just between me and God. I want to do this spiritual. I want to do this. I want So I did. I had a lot of spiritual goals. And I looked at my natural goals, and I was like, hmm. I got like two, three. I thought, that's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it. I need to be exercising my faith. What am I believing for? What am I exercising my faith for? Spiritually, I do that more than anything else. I always have more spiritual goals than I do natural goals. But the thing about I decided, hey, I need to step out and start believing. What am I believing? What am I, I want to see God move in some areas here. Because God began to remind me of open doors. He says that open doors is not just opening doors uh, in an area where you're going to walk in out here as the church, but they're open doors of evangelism. There's open doors uh, that God's going to do things for you and and watch you. You're going to be at the right place at the right time. Being able to, God's going to open doors for ministry. God's going to open doors for blessings. Amen. He's going to do that. See, and when I say, why do I title this enough is enough? And the reason I title it enough is enough is that when you get to the point of your life where you get it where enough is enough, you get tired of the devil beating you up, you're going to you're gonna do something about it. I mean, I mean, remember Abraham and Sarah. I mean, why is Abraham called the father of our faith? So cool. You know, he's the father of our faith. And God, God looked around and he said, okay, Adam messed up. I got to find me a man i got to find a man that's gonna I can make a covenant with. He finds Abraham and says, I'm going to make a covenant with Abraham because Abraham's going to teach his kids. Abraham's a man that's going to teach his kids. I know he's going to teach his kids. Problem is, is that Abraham's married to a wife who can't have kids. Isn't that amazing? God says, I'm going to make a covenant because I know he'll teach his kids. Look it up in Genesis. That's why he said God said, I, I came and I'll make a covenant with him because he's going to teach his kids and he ain't got no kids and his wife can't have kids. And then God comes down to Abraham and he says, hey, guess what? I've got a land. I've got a city that I'm the builder and maker of. I've got a land that your people, your descendants, everybody's going to get. It, and I want you to go find it. You know, God told him that he had land for him. He had a city for him, but he never told him where it was located. He didn't tell him where it was. He said, you just go walk around. You leave here, You leave everything and just go walk around. Would you like God to come down and tell you and say, all right, I got a place for you. It's awesome. It's going to flow with milk and honey. I am mean, it's the most wonderful place. Just go find it. <sighs> come on. Come on. We think these, we read these Bible stories because we know the ending. So we think, oh, it's easy, piece of cake. They didn't know the ending. They didn't know what's going on. They didn't have any, I mean, he didn't tell them where it was at. I mean, you realize that when they started walking, things started happening. What was the first thing that happened? Abraham's dad dies. Well, now Abraham's the oldest son. Abraham's supposed to take care of everybody. Abraham's supposed to go back, take care of the whole family. If you understand Eastern religion and Eastern things. He's not allowed to run around now. Now he's got to go. He's got a he's responsibility, but he doesn't stop. He's got going back. He says, no, I got I to obey God. He keeps going forward in, in walking in things. Pretty soon, he's blessed. God's doing great things. And, and him and his, in, you know, Lot and them, and their herdsmen are getting fighting. They got the land's not big enough to have. So they divide. Lot says, Hey, I want the pretty land over here. It's great. It's one. Abraham says, Okay, I'll take this over. I'll take whatever you, you know, you do that and I'll do whatever's left over. And then we find out, you know, Lot, they come in and they, you know, they, Lot gets overrun. They, they take everything. Lot gets taken. And so Abraham gets his 118 trained servants. How many of you want to have 118 trained servants working on you? Come on. And they go and they get everything back. You know, they go back and they get everything. They get everything from the king of Sodom. They bring it all back and the king of Sodom says, Hey, you know, you get, you can have everything to spoil. Just give me the people. And Abraham says, There's no way I'm giving you everything. And he got all that. So he said, Cause I'm not going to let it not be said that any man made Abraham rich except God. Amen. But then all of a sudden we find out later on, they lose all lot lost everything again, and he's he's sitting in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. We also see that where there's a great famine in the land. Now this is all happening where Abraham still hasn't found his land or hasn't found his city. Doesn't that make you feel happy? Joyful? Okay, Lord. But see, here's the thing. When enough is enough, when you realize that you did. And here's the thing that what Abraham, because, you know, remember that's what we did. There was a family. So Abraham said, okay, let's go down to Egypt. He gets down to Egypt and he lies to the king about Sarah. Now, I don't know about you, but when you know, when you're, you know, it's a, it's a, something there when you look at it, he lies to the king about Sarah because he's thinking, you're going to kill me and take Sarah as the queen. Sarah's an old lady right now. <laughs> this is an interesting thing. So, she, you know, got it going on here. But, anyways, then they get kicked out of Egypt and still haven't had his land. Don't you think you get to thinking, okay, I mean, when all this is going on in your life, by now it's 20 years into it and you're going, Maybe we just had too much pizza that night when we heard God's voice. Maybe it was just, I think you imagine this. I think when you said you wanted to get a word and you got a confirmation, that was the wrong word and the wrong confirmation. We need to go back. Let's go home. But when the Bible tells us to hold fast to the profession of our faith or the confession of our faith or to hold fast to the word that God's given us, It means that that's something that we prize more than anything else we're going through. Amen? We prize his word more than anything else. It would have been so easy for them to say, okay, enough's enough. God, we don't know what you're doing. Enough's enough. We're done. But you know, he he never challenged the word of God. He just kept going forward. He just kept moving in the right direction. He just kept going. He began to head in the right direction. He wanted to hold on to it because now you're there in Hebrews chapter 10. Go to Hebrews chapter two, go to Hebrews chapter two. And the spirit of God began to just deal with my heart because he said, listen, yes, we've been hit. Yes, we've been these, these messages that God is doing. He's getting us ready that there's something supernatural just over the mountain and we got to speak to our mountain. We got to declare to what God's going to do in the midst of the storm. Hallelujah. we got to stand up like Paul and say, hey, it is going to be told me, even as as the angel told me tonight, we're going to speak to this mountain. Because if we knew what was on the other side of our mountain, we would continue to hold fast to the confession of faith that we have because of what the promises of God are. He is faithful that promised. Amen? He's faithful. And he told us what could take place and happen. He didn't, you know, I love to go back to when God spoke to my heart. I love to go back and look at things because If we allow what we're going through to defeat us and get discouraged, then we've not held on to what God's word has said to us. Amen. Here in Hebrews chapter two and verse one, in the King James version, I like it better than the new living, but in the King James, it says, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the thing which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip Amen? The Amplified Bible says, since all of this is true, we ought to pay closer attention than ever to the truths that we have heard, lest in any way we drift past them and slip away. Amen? Man, we got to take hold of the word of God. We can't let them slip away and get away from We can't let the truths of faith, the truths of the word of God, the promises of God, and the blessings of God fall by the wayside. Amen. The New Living Translation says, So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. Amen. And I'm going to read it out. Of, I'm going to go to verse 2. For the message God delivered through angels always stood firm, and every violation of the law and every act of disobedience was punished. So what makes us think we can escape if we ignore this great salvation that was first announced by the Lord Jesus himself and then delivered to us by those who heard him speak? And God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever he chose. Amen. Hallelujah. God's desire is to continue to confirm the word with signs following. I mean, you know, enough's enough. The power of God needs to be in Manifestation. And then I said, or is it? Which simply means if it's not, then we need to do more. All we need to do is continue to stand. Ephesians chapter 6 says that, you don't have to turn there, but Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 13, you know, 12 and 13 and, uh, you know, uh, 14 there, it says this, that it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And having done all to stand, stand, therefore, Having your loins girt about with the truth. Amen. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. Amen. Glory to God. Taking the shield of faith wherewith you're able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Amen. And having on the helmet of salvation. Hallelujah. And having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Glory to God. Amen. We take hold of the truth of the word of God. But having done all to stand, stand. Nobody likes to stand. Nobody likes to go through things. But if we'll hang on to our faith, our faith won't fail. Amen? If we'll hang on to our faith, our faith won't fail. But did you notice it didn't say just to hold on to your profession of faith? It said to hold on to it without wavering. Now, wavering simply means you got two thoughts, you got two things. You're, you know, you're to and fro. You're, wishing, you're kind of like, it's, it's like, how do I handle this? What am I doing? You know, and uh, what are we going to do? How are we going to handle this? One day it's, man, God is awesome. The next day, where is God? I totally understand that. I do. <laughs> because, uh, you know, when things are great, you got lots of money and everything's going great. God's on the throne. It's awesome. Problem is, is that the minute that something bad happens, we have a tendency to throw up our hands and quit. And I'm so glad that we're not part of the wimpy Christians, okay? We're not part of that. Nobody that's connected with Harvest Bible Church is wimpy. I'm telling you that. You can't because your pastor won't let you. And if you are, I'm going to tell you, grow up, stop it, quit it. Get, step up here. Let's do this, you know? And, uh, because we got to hang on to doing the right thing for the right reason, amen? We do the right thing, we say the right thing and we know because God is faithful he's so faithful, amen? Because see, even in the midst of the enemy doing all kinds of things, remember what the Bible says in Psalms 23? Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. So Satan's roaring, you look around, oh it's just you, no I'm eating, don't bother me. See we have a tendency to always look at what's going around. We have a lot of tendency to look at what the devil's doing, amen, instead of looking at what God's doing. Yes. Now, I, had a, I got a friend of mine, okay? He's, he's, a, he's a pastor. He's not well, he's, he's retired now. Uh, but he was just sharing a story with me because he was in the military. And he said, The Lord spoke to him. He said, You know, because, well, his wife passed away a, a year ago today. And I've been working with him. We've been talking to each other for a year. I've been helping him walk through the whole thing and he's just a real dear friend. But anyways, he, you know, and he said, you know, the Lord just told you today, he said he reminded me when I was just this young guy in boot camp and the sergeant, whoever was there, was screaming and yelling at me because I didn't do something right. He said the problem was is that we're supposed to stand there at attention and look straight ahead and if, you, if your eyes followed him, you were in trouble because it went from not what you did To why are you looking at me? Who gave you the right to look at me? And screaming and cussing them and telling them everything. He said, and, and when the Lord just spoke to me while I was thinking about, the Lord said, what do you do? You focus, focus on, he goes, the reason that they did that is because we got to focus on a mission of what we're told to do. We can't be worried about what the enemy's doing. We've got to do what, what we're supposed to do. And no matter what, we got to stay focused on what God, we're supposed He said, God said, you're supposed to be here. What are you looking at what the devil's done? What are you looking at what the devil's doing? Hey, who cares what he's doing? Who's, you do what I'm calling you to do. You do what I'm telling you to do. You keep your eyes focused where I'm telling you to be focused. We had a shouting time. I'll tell you, I said, you, you, you know, I wasn't in the, in the middle of it, but I thought, he goes, it was hard because he, he they just scream all the way. He said, get behind you and yell, and just stand there. He said, because you knew, you're not, you can't look at him, you just got to stand there. I said, well, he goes, yeah, he said, but that's what they were doing. They were teaching us that it didn't matter. We had to do what we were told to do or ordered to do. He said, and the Lord spoke, he says, you just do what I've called you to do. And I thought, you know what, that's true. We don't get our eyes to the right or to the left. We keep our eyes focused right onto it. Amen? See, the problem is, is that we let our minds think upon wrong things. Amen? We always get discouraged when we think about wrong things. And see, wavering, what, what is wavering? Wavering has, has so much to do with distractions. Man, how many distractions have we had? Wow. Wow. With everything that's coming down, everything that's being said, everything. I mean, I mean, whoa, it's just, there are so many distractions in our nation. And our nation needs Jesus so bad. They need Jesus so bad. They're just they're running rampant, and it's like, oh my gosh, they just need Jesus. Jesus, hallelujah! We need Jesus here so bad. Glory to God! And the enemy's always trying to get us to think his thoughts. Right. See, wavering just simply means to be indecisive. Amen. It means see, i wrote it—indecisive. It means to go back and forth, to and fro, double-minded, unstable, like a wave. It responds to any force around it, and we're not supposed to respond to any force around us. We are to respond to the force that's in us. Amen. That's why it doesn't bother you when people get all upset or get things. It's not going to bother you, you know, when, uh, you know, who do you think? Oh, and and when people get all, and you just smile and you just love on them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But we've got to stand up. We've got to stay focused. Because you remember what James says? says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and upbraids not. But it says, let him ask in faith. What? Nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea that's tossed to and fro. You know, He said, let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord because a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. What do you mean by being indecisive? Is the word of God the word of God or is it not? Did Jesus say if you're born again and you know Jesus Christ is the Lord of your, and your Savior that you're going to make heaven? He said he's never going to leave. He's never going to forsake you. He's always going to provide for you. You trust him. Isn't God big enough? Amen. This just means God's gonna do bigger miracles. Amen. So if, if wavering has to do with distractions, what do I gotta do? I gotta look away from the distractions. We allow things to mess us up. allow it to stop us from from receiving. And boy, I got to hurry. Hallelujah, get to the, get to the I want to give you some points to help you. I don't want to just tell you about everything. I want to tell you, well, how do I do this? How do I handle this? So I want to do that. But we've got to stay content, you know, steadfast, and, and stay unmovable in the things of God. Because the devil loves the pile-on effect. How many of you know that? He loves to just pile things on. This happened, that happened, this going, oh. oh. I mean, how many of you heard about the seventeen thousand dollar one month electricity bill in Texas? They got a seventeen. I mean, I'd like to get a seventeen thousand dollar electricity bill because they can charge you what they want to. <laughs> now, see, I don't know about you, but electricity and gas and all that, you know, and water and things like that. I'm not sure what goes on, but hey, praise God! If I could figure out those bills, I'd be great. But, they, you know, they can really just get to you, you know, uh, if you let them. And unless you've got a well, then you're good. <laughs> but then you've got to fix the well if it breaks. But, you know, one of the things that we have to do is we've got to make sure that we're not allowing what the world is trying to put pressures on us stop us from walking in the light of the word of God. Amen? And so I have to look away. Many times I have to look away. I have to look into Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. Amen? I have to keep my eyes on G because I know, hey, he's going to meet and supply all of my needs. Glory to God. And, and I just tell the devil, oh, you want to play this way? You want to? I'm just going to keep praising God. No matter what goes on, God's going to meet the need. God's going to do it. And the wonderful thing uh, about when you trust God in this, then you have an, an incredible response. Because one of the things that helped me immensely is that somebody told me this one time. They said, listen, you don't have to answer every question that comes to your mind. And that set me free. Cause I got a million questions coming to my mind all the time. How do I figure it out? How do I do this? Cause I'm always trying to figure things out. Amen. But you don't have to answer every question that comes to your mind. Glory to God. And many of those thoughts and many of those things, they're not even your thoughts. They're just the enemy's thoughts. Cause when you see, receive the promise of God, then you're going to stand fast and hang on to it. You know, we've got a promise. That God said He never leave us or forsake us. We've got a promise that said God's going to meet and supply all of our needs. We've got a promise that the church is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter. We got a promise that God says that we have authority in the earth. Amen. We have the authority. We take authority over it. Amen? We're, not, we're going to stand our ground. We are the ones that are the most powerful people and we're the most powerful entity in the world right now. Not anybody else. Not anybody else. And some people ask, well, I just don't know. You know, listen, get the word of God settled. Get God's love settled on you, that God loves you. Get it settled. Get decided. Don't be undecided. Get it. Be fully persuaded that what God said he'll do. See, it's it's so easy when you trust the word of God because the enemy, it's an attack on the word. Remember what? Abraham was our guy here, okay? All these things happen. You know, can't believe it. Sarah's like, okay, it's been way too long. Here's Hagar. Maybe God says he wants to put your seed through that. She gives him Hagar. She gets pregnant, has Ishmael. Boom, now Sarah hates them. Got strife and division, you know, and, uh, you know, Ishmael's 13 years older than uh, Isaac. 13 years later, Isaac shows up, you know, and then Sarah gets pregnant and says, this time it's gonna happen, here's what's gonna do. And we know what happened with Sarah. Sarah. They came and said, this is what's gonna take place, and Sarah laughs, and then she lies. Aren't you glad that you laugh, and you lie, and you can there's still hope, okay? <laughs> Don't let your first response be your last response, okay? Hallelujah. But because we've all done that. We've all said, oh, yeah, that'll be the day. Yeah, that'll do it. Oh, that's terrible. But what did God say about Abraham in Romans chapter 4, verse 20 and 21? He said this. He said, Abraham had been, but Abraham being strong in faith. Every one of you has strong faith. Believe it or not, you just don't know how to use it, but you have strong faith because everyone is being strong in faith. Doing what? Giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what God said God can do. If I ask the question, "Can God do all the things? Can God not do anything?" Everybody like, "Yeah, God can do anything." Do you believe God can do all the things He said in the Word of God? Oh, yes. Can you give glory to God? Sure, I can lift my hand and say, "Glory, glory, glory to God, glory, glory." How to give and go? Glory to everybody can do that, and everybody believes God can. And the Bible says because Abraham gave glory to God and believed that God would do what He said He was going to do, he had strong faith. That's why I said every one of you got strong faith. You just haven't been given glory to God and you haven't been fully persuaded, but you do have it even though you are, you just got to connect them and you got to hold fast to your confession of faith, to the promise or the word of God, God gave you. Amen. One of the things that I, I, I realize that when we talk and you share, you know, God's challenges our heart and we say, okay, man, I'm challenged. I want to do this. But how do I do it? how do I do it? Well, first of all, it's very simple. It comes back to the very simple. You got to believe that what you just heard is truth. You got to believe that the stirring in your heart is the beginning of something. It's a seed. It may not be the full, you know, the full ear and the corn. It's like this faith. One of the greatest definitions of faith is first the blade, you know, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. Okay. Which means it grows up. Everything is a process. You've got to believe that the word of God is a seed and that seed is going to be drained and it's going to grow up and it's become greater than all the herbs of the sea or all the herbs of the earth and the birds are going to lodge there. Remember what it, he said the kingdom of God is like a seed. It's like a mustard seed. It's the smallest of all the seeds but when it's planted it grows up and it becomes greater which simply means is that the word that I get from God that God said is going to meet and supply all of my needs over here it's screaming look you're not going to make it. It's not going to happen. That dream is it's terrible It's just not going to happen. You're not going to get this. And over here it's saying, but God has given me a dream. And his small voice says, yeah, but God had to me a word that said he's the one that meets and supplies all of my God said that he's, he's my steps toward of the Lord. God's leading me in this God's showing me things. And it seems so insignificant, but it's the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord, as you keep confessing the word of the Lord, you keep planning the word of the Lord it grows up and it becomes greater than the lack because what happens is, is that when we keep planting, we keep saying, we keep doing, we keep watering, glory to God, that crop comes up. Yes, it does. Amen. We see what God can do, and God can do it. God's amazing. See, the very first thing is you've got to believe that the stirring in your heart that what God says, that glory to God, this is the beginning of it. I can see and so that's why I tell you, God, plan, vacate, plan things, reach out and believe, get your faith and say, I'm going to believe God for this. Believe God that something's going to take place. i don't believe God that we're going to be able to do something. Or believe God for something. Does something great when God answers your prayer. We sing a song that we don't pray to a God. We're not hoping and we're not wishing. We're praying to a God who listens. Amen. We are praying to a God who listens. Second thing you got to do is you got to believe that the word of God is anointed. That sounds so simple, but we look at this and go, well, you know, God said, greater is he that's in me than He is in the world. I don't feel too great. I feel like everybody's beating me up. I don't know what that means. Greater is he that's in me. He's in the world. What does that mean? That means the greater one lives on the inside of you. That means the Holy Spirit that lives in you is greater than any kind of spirit that lives in anybody else. Amen? So you got to believe that the word is anointed, that this word is anointed, That this word is that when God gives you a scripture, and the scripture rises. That that's why the Bible talks about the word of the Lord. That when and it's the anointing that breaks every yoke of bondage in your life. And you can you split well. God said this. Yeah, but man, I wish that was true. You know, I remember sharing a story. Remember, I I shared a story about a a minister who came and we were talking, and he had some situations in his life was really bad. I said, Well, we're going to pray and we're going to take authority of the spirit that's operating in the, in the people because they wanting to kill them, literally, physically. I mean, it was very serious. I said, we'll just take authority over that. We'll just take authority over that now. And uh, he looked at me and I prayed and I took authority and I said, here's what the word said." I gave him scriptures. Got done, said, amen. Glory to God. And he looked at me and he said, you actually believe that? It's a pastor. He said, you actually believe that? I said, I sure do. Of course, you know, his thought was, your life's not on the line here. And I looked at him. I said, listen, I've had my life on the line. I believe this. We had we had a situation that the spirit of God just rose up in me just this past week. We were at dinner with some folks, and I said, and they told me a situation is going on. And the first thing I said, we got to take authority over the spirit that's operating in that person right now. That's the devil coming against you. And man, they went and right there, at you know, the, 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 the husband he's like, you know, I just that's we got to pray. Let's pray. I want to pray. I said, let's pray. We'll take. i do it right now. We take authority over it. He said, man, I never thought of that. I said, you know, that's the first thing I do because the devil's always coming against me. And so the first thing I do is I take authority of the spirit that's operating in this situation. Amen. Yes. See, because I believe that the word of God is anointed, but I also believe that I'm anointed. That's right. See, that's the second part of this. It's not, the, it's not the third. But it's believing that you've got the power and the anointing of God is at work in you because of the word of God in you. Amen. And let see, the word of God is what you stand on. Because Satan's not attacking you, he's attacking the word in you. He wants to get that. He can't get you. You already belong to God. Hallelujah. Unless you walk out, unless you denounce God, unless you fall away from God, unless you go out and just blatantly sin, forget everything, God's got you. Amen? I got one minute to get three other things in you. you ready? Hallelujah. Glory to God. The third thing that the spirit of God spoke to me is that you've got to have an expectancy, which is called faith. See, I'm the most upbeat person I know. I'm the most positive person I know. And I'm not bragging on me. I just have always been that my entire life in one sense of the word because I got born again young. Okay? So I've always, I've always, you know, it didn't matter. When I was growing up, and uh, I got born again at nine years old, so I'm going to go from there on. No matter what, people would cheat. They'd want to. I said, you cheat, but I'm going to still beat you. And I did, and I did, because it didn't matter. You know, I'm like, it doesn't matter, because, you know, cheaters never win, and they just never did. They never did. That's why everybody wanted me on their team, because I didn't cheat, but I played hard, but I always played to win. And the key is, is that when you have an expectation, you've got to have an expectation to be different, See, when I got born again, even at that young age, I knew that I got saved and I was different and I thought, God, what's wrong with me? Everybody else that went down, they seem to be able to do the same thing. They don't seem like they're any different. But I know I'm different because I expected to be different. Amen. Amen. And I thank God I changed and I didn't ever go back. It's like, no, I expect these things here because I'm expecting the word of God to change me. I'm expecting when I get revelation, any of the season, it just brings life to me. See, I eat this and love this, and it works. And people get mad. Well, the only reason you believe that is because it works for you. Sounds real spiritual, right? I said, no, that's not true. He said, it works because I believe it. I said, well, when you believe something, but what if it doesn't work? I keep believing because it does work. Mm-hmm. Amen? And I expect to be different. I expect it to be changed. I do those things there. So not only do I expect that, but I set my mind and my thoughts and my things on things above because I trust what God's doing more than anything else. Right. So you got to do that. So that's why you make plans. Mm-hmm. That's right. I mean, we're, I'm reading a book right now, uh, old-time Pentecostal people who got saved way back in the day and different things, and it's just, it's, it's you know, this, this lady's crazy. Okay, she's crazy, okay, but it's awesome crazy because she got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and she just decided that everybody needed to get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, and so that's what she's doing, you know. Lest you think that she's not doing the right thing, she had 10 kids. (laughs) Amen. I remember, and you know, it's another story. But, you know, Brother Higgins should talk about a little lady, Sister Sylvia, her name was Sylvia, Sister Sylvia, who had 12 kids. he go, go, get Sister Sylvia. See, a little red-headed lady. He said, we went he, passed, he said, we need to go get Sister Sylvia to pray. Okay, Sister Sylvia had 12 kids, and Sister Sylvia could pray heaven and earth together. Hallelujah! And he said she was the main. She was one of the most spiritual ladies I ever met. And I thought, how how can a lady have twelve kids and be spiritual? God, we got some serious things going on here. Hallelujah! But then I then I thought, you know what? Hallelujah! She had to be spiritual to have twelve kids. God, he got to kill her. But, but he, she said she could pray heaven. And earth. he said, hey, you know, and he said, saying no. He said, I just, I said, let's go get Sister Sylvia. I thought that's awesome. What a testimony. But in reading, you see the power of God because she expected to be different. Yes. There's an expectation there. And you set your mind on the, what happened is that as you think in your heart, so are you, the Bible says. Amen? Amen. And here's the last thing, real quickly, is that you start talking what you believe. You start speaking in line with what the word of God said. You start talking what you believe, what you're desiring, and why you're desiring it. Amen. Amen, and you're not trying to be mean. You're not trying to, to get you know people getting mad at you or whatever. You know, because I've had so many people. So many people get mad. Say, "Well, pastor, it just works for you," and I say, "Listen, it'll work for anybody. The word of God is the word of God. I don't have a corner on the market." Yes, I am a favorite. I, I, I'm telling you, I am a favorite. There was the Hittites, the Amorites, all those otherites, but I'm a favorite. So yes, I am. God loves me. He's going to take care. I tell her all the time. She's blessed because I'm a favorite. And she tells me the same thing. She, she says, I'm blessed because she's a favorite. She said, we, we tease each other all the time. I say, listen, God loves me. That's why things happen. You know? So we talk and we, we joke about it because I say, listen, this is what's going to happen. People, they say, well, I don't understand it, but it works. Yes, because of the word of God. And it doesn't make me special. It just, I just trust what God said is true. I have great, strong faith because I do believe that what God said he will perform. Hold fast to the profession of your faith without wavering for what? He is faithful that promise. I've had so many people that say to me at times, man, don't you think you've done enough? I mean, how come it's not happening? Why is it taking so long? Isn't enough enough? Isn't enough? You look at all look at all the and I say, is it or is it? Is it enough or is it enough? Because if you're telling me enough's enough, and you want me to stop believing God, you want me to stop trusting in Him? You want me to stop doing what I know to do that's right and change? Then it's not enough. Cause I'm gonna go this way. Don't no matter what all I've done, who cares what all I've done? I'm trusting God. And if I believe what God's word says, who cares what's going on around? Amen? And I keep speaking what God says. Amen? You gotta, it's, it's gotta change your mouth. If you don't have, you know, if your faith doesn't have enough power to change what you're saying, it ain't gonna move your mountain. And here's the thing, too. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3 says that Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith. Also says over in the Bible, it says that Jesus is the high priest of our confession. Well, if Jesus is the high priest of our confession, you better ask yourself, what have you been saying? Because he's watching over it to perform it. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. So I realized in my heart, I began to just declare. See, you got to side in with the word. People want to fight you. They want to argue. You say, yeah, but you're saying this. You're saying this. You know, my, my uncle died or my aunt died or my mom died or my sister or whatever. Doesn't matter. Doesn't do away with the word of God. I don't know why. I don't understand. Don't, I don't understand a lot of things. I don't, but what I do understand is the word of God and we've got to dream again. We've got to step out and reach out and touch lives again. And we've got to believe for miracles, signs, and wonders. You know, because I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, you messed me up. And you've kept me alive way too long for messing me up. You started me off in the fire and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and seeing miracles. We were at dinner, the same couple. And, you know, and I start sharing things because I go way back with with ministry and I go way back with being in church. I've been in church. First time I ever remember being in church, I was two years old, okay? So that's almost sixty years ago. That'll be sixty years this year. So because I'll be sixty two. The key is is that so I can remember. So but even in the sense so I, I remember the Jesus movement and God doing crazy things with guys just being crazy. You know, you, you get to church and three people are sleeping in front of the door because God told them to come there and stir you up. Your church, they want to make sure it's not dead. And you're thinking, who in the world are these wild-eyed, crazy kids? But they had a fire. And then I went to the charismatic where people were crazy, crazy-matics, crazy. They were. They were nuts. You know, there was no, everybody was just doing whatever. I mean, it was a free-for-all. It was nuts. And God was doing uncre- incredible things. People were getting, I mean, it was, it was amazing what God was doing. And at the end of that, getting into the word of faith and getting into the faith movement and things that was happening, right in that time... You know, I was sharing about because I asked him, and then I remember the one camp meeting. The camp meeting that just it just messed me all up because it was miracle after miracle after miracle. Watching the blind eyes open, watching the deaf, you know, hear and the dumb to speak, and 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 tumors and things just disappearing, and a mighty rushing in and ten thousand people speaking in other tongues like a mighty rushing river, and the power, people getting new hearts, five people jumping up out of wheelchairs, the power of the presence of God. I mean, it was amazing. To see 20,000 people just hungry for God, fighting to get in, standing outside with some, you know, I just look at the temperatures and things, but that's what it was standing outside to get in to hear the word of God. You didn't care, you stood for five hours in zero temperature. I thought, glory. And see, I was there. I'm standing with him. I'm an usher during this whole thing. I'm watching God do stuff, and I'm like, man, I ain't even been to Bible school yet. Glory to God, this is awesome. My I come out of Bible school, we're going to see all kinds of things. Come on. And that's my baptism in the fire, and I'm like, wow. You know, I don't know nothing, and God's just showing me everything. Wow. I'm ushering. And a lady starts screaming out, and she's demon-possessed. And the minister down there says, he tells another minister, says, hey, brother, go up and cast the devil out of that person. And so he stands up and says, hey, usher, grab her, bring her. And I'm like, me? I ain't grabbing nobody. I don't even know what's going on. So I grab her. I take him in the back. And me and this guy, he comes, I say, come on, and we go back, and we cast the devil out, her get her saved, get her filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, I come out like, give me another one, give me another one. Let's go get them. You know, I'm like, whoa, this is cool. Yeah, yeah, all of a sudden somebody gets up and says I had a vision, I'm a tree, and I saw money falling from heaven. Now I'm an usher, you understand that? So all of a sudden, he starts saying, hey, and so people start throwing money. I'm standing in front of a 12-foot return air, and money's going, I got a Kentucky Fried Chicken Bucket. It's not even a minute, it's a Kentucky Fried Chicken Bucket. 21 piece, and I'm pouring it. I'm just catching money, and I'm dumping money, and I'm like, this is awesome. It's raining. You know, and we raised $500,000 in 1978. In one night... I said, Lord, this is pretty good. (laughs) Now that happened, and all that, when I'm talking to you, happened in one week's time. It it was unbelievable. And then then all of a sudden, I've never been in a meeting like this since, never seen anything to that magnitude in the rest of my life. You know, and it's now 2021. I said, God, I am not going to die until I see that again. So I'm just telling you, I'm not. God's been stirring my heart, stirring this. She's been after me to just write all this crazy things down that I've seen in my life, and uh, uh, but I, I don't want to tor- tor- torture myself that bad. Why do I share it? Because it stirs our heart to believe God. And nobody was praying that way. Everybody was just praying for God to touch lives, and He did. Amen. And see, those are the things that I saw, heard did and felt and seen. And you see it and you go, wow, God can do. Now God can do it again. Why do we need that? Because right now the whole world, they need a renewal of the spirit of God. They don't need a revival. They need a renewal in the church of the power and the presence of God. Then revival will come. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you tonight. Lord, I don't, you just pulled that out of me. I don't know what I'm doing there and all that. But Lord, thank you for reminding me because when you remind me, I get stirred up. I do get stirred up, Lord. I get stirred up of the things of God. Father, thank you for these amazing folks who are so precious and so wonderful. And Lord, we are hungry. I am hungry. And I'm hungry for the things of God. I'm hungry for salvation. Don't get me wrong. Because even in that same meeting, I saw a thousand people run to the altar to get saved. In America, not in another country, in America, come a thousand people get born again on one night running to the altars. Father, you want that. You want to reach out and touch lives. You do, you do. Lord, we just thank you for that. Father, we never want to have a service without giving people the opportunity to get born again, to make Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. Because that's what it's all about. Romans 10, 9 and 10. That if we would truly believe in our heart and confess or say something with our mouth, declaring that Jesus Christ is my Lord, my Savior, that's how we're saved. Because we believe unto righteousness, but we say unto salvation. That's how we get born again. So, Father, whether somebody's listening or somebody's here right now, somebody's watching or somebody's here, if there's anyone here that says, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life tonight or I want to come back home, I want to come back. If that's you, just raise your hand. Say, hey, I want you to pray for me. I love you. It's all it is. you know. And it's saying the sinner's prayer, which is simply, I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus. Amen. Seems so simple, but it's so wonderful, so awesome. And something happens, even if you believe in Jesus, say, well, I think I'm okay. Something happens when you declare his lordship when you declare who he is, when you say, Jesus, I want you to be my savior. I take you as my Lord and savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sins. And I believe in you. Thank you. Hallelujah. I love you. Jesus, you're my Lord and savior right now. Something supernatural happens. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, glory to God. Look up here at me. Hallelujah. We're going to do our, receive our tithes and offerings here. You know, I lay a charge out, but I also lay it out that we, you know, don't let the devil beat you up. Because I've allowed the devil over the years to beat me up about, because I've said it's my fault. Why I'm not seeing it, it would be me. You know, many times we want to do that and and, uh, we want to blame ourselves. And so I take all responsibility. But one of the things is that the Lord began to deal with my heart. He said, no. He says, not all you. He said, what it is, is that there has to be that heart hunger and that heart desire. And there needs to be even a greater hunger and a greater desire for what he wants to do. Amen. He said, you had 20,000 people that would stand out in the cold, fight for a seat for hours because they wanted the word of God. There's a hunger, there's a desire. And we're going to get back to that. Not because you can't get in, but because you want to be